Guys, it is almost time for the best time of the year, and that's tailgate season. And when you think about tailgates, you're thinking about beers and you're thinking about food. And when you're thinking about food, you're thinking about hot sauce. I'm talking about Silk City Hot Sauce. It's a mom-and-pop business from Vermont that produces hot sauce with locally grown peppers. There's several blends and flavors. Here's just a few. You got Slurp, which is fresh peaches, honey, Vermont apple cider, habanero and cherry pepper blend with a hint of smoked jalapeno. We got the Badass Jew, which is four pepper blend, jalapeno, cherry pepper, serrano, and habaneros with tomato, roasted red peppers, roasted garlic, and Mexican seasoning. Good Morning Jonestown, which is a smoked habanero and smoked serrano with carrots, roasted peppers, garlic, onions, and a splash of white vinegar. Killer Hot is their second hottest, three pepper blend featuring fatali, habanero, and ghost with roasted red peppers, garlic, and honey. Ghost Whisper is a pile of ghost and habanero with roasted peppers, garlic, onion, and red vinegar. It's a very powerful sauce with a deep and delicious flavor. And you guys got to check out the artwork on these bottles. Silk City uses professional comic book artists to create the coolest looking hot sauce in the biz. They offer great deals when you purchase the two, three, four, five, or six mix and match packs. Go to SilkCityHotSauce.com and use the coupon code CHOP. You're going to receive 20% off your order. You're going to receive a free bottle, and you're going to get some stickers along with that. That's SilkCityHotSauce.com. Hey there, hi there, ho there, welcome, after a week off, it's me, back, you're listening to Pretender to Contender, it's the Joe Matteris podcast, sorry I was, uh, was sick last week, I was just out of commission, got a sudden uh, stomach flu, and then just went down. You think you're better, and then you're like, oh, let's go do something, like uh, walk downstairs. (laughs) And you try, and you're like, oh, shit, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from doing nothing. That's when you know. That's when you know you got some sort of flu. That's what it is. And, uh, yeah, it took me like a week. It wasn't corona. But it was some sort of stomach flu that, I don't know, it could have been an acid reflux attack. I've had acid reflux for years. I take Nexium for that every day. If I forget to take one within four hours, uh, my chest is burning and I can't stop burping. And that's kind of, kind of what happened last week. I was doing the work on the yard out there uh, finishing up, which I, if you follow me on Instagram, you see that uh, I posted a lot of pictures of the work I did, and I was I was busting my ass. I was just working way too hard at it. It was just too much to try to do by yourself. Masonry, masonry work and driveway work and laying down a gravel patio, an all-new gravel driveway, and moving gravel from here to there, and then have an extra gravel and then putting it over there. You're just like fucking shoveling heavy shit and wheelbarrow and oh god, it just kicked the shit out of me. And then I went down. Oh, sorry for the yawn there. Doing a doing the podcast late tonight. 
it's many days before it will come out because it comes out every Tuesday. But last Tuesday, uh, it didn't come out because uh, I'm just explaining to you why. Okay, so that that's what happened. I I got really sick and I apologize for missing last week's episode. But a uh, lot lot going on here. Lot going on. Uh, still. Busting my ass, trying to sell the tickets to the October 1st Remember When show down there at the uh, Scottish Rite Auditorium. If you didn't get tickets to that yet and you live in that area, South Jersey or Philly or anywhere you want to drive to Collingswood, New Jersey, go to JoeMatterese.com and get some tickets to that. Also, I got Ben Bailey at my venue that I do monthly here at Jackie B's in Scarsdale, the little comedy under the arch, little hundred seater. Ben Bailey, the host of Cash Cab, will be there this Saturday, September 25th, and I'll be opening up for him as he'll be headlining it. So you want tickets to that, you can get that on JoeMatterese.com too. And then uh, October... The 23rd is Saturday. I'm doing two shows at Jackie B's, and I'll be opening for Judy Gold, who I love. I just love Judy Gold. Do you guys know Judy Gold? Is she like, I don't know if I'm just a fan or if like the the layman's out there. Do you know Judy Gold? If you don't, go look her up. She's so fucking funny. She's so cool. When she's pissed off and in a bad mood, she's even funnier. She's just one of those people. That when they're like, ah, fuck off, they're like hilarious. I wish I had that. Like when I get pissed, I'm not funny anymore. I'm just like, I'm actually pissed and the funny just went out the window. And I want to rip your face off. But uh, thanks to Selexa 20 milligrams, that shit doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm dead inside, everybody. Isn't that great? Um, And speaking of dead inside... Is why uh, I, I don't have much emotion, but it was an emotional time for a lot of comedians because we lost we lost one of ours. You know, I guess that's how we feel as comedians. Like we're in battle. Comedians are like warriors. We're like soldiers. And when certain comedians go down, it really hits us. And sometimes it'll be like, I never even met that guy. Which is, it's, it's so weird. This happened to me this past week. Um, it was like the day after Norm MacDonald passed away. And a neighbor came up and said, uh, she's a friend too. I mean, she's not just a neighbor. She's a friend and her and her husband are friends with my wife and I. And they live in our neighborhood. And she was like, I'm so sorry about um, Norm MacDonald. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't know him. She's like, yeah, but you know, you guys all, you're all like family, right? And I was like, yeah, that's true. And I said, I don't know why I said this. I go, I never met him. I never met Norm. I said, uh, worked with Artie Lang and been friends with Artie Lang for, and known him for a really long time. So I've always felt like I met Norm McDonald, but I never met Norm. And then, and she leaves and then it hits me. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? The first time you were ever on television, Norm Norm McDonald was the host. <laughs> and I met him, and then I had to do all these bumpers with him, commercials for the show, 
where they just had us ad-libbing shit into camera. Me, Andy Dick, Jim Brewer, and Norm MacDonald sitting on a couch together and just doing these bumpers one after another. And Norm being so Norm-like. And it's unbelievable that I forgot. And I tried... I tried to find the clip, right? And the only thing I have, it's got music under it. I must have made a demo of like all my intros a long, long, long time ago. And I just cut them all together. And I, and I have it. And it has the two moments that I'm, I'm on camera with Norm. And Norm, you, if you've been listening to my podcast, you guys probably know the story. Because uh, I told, I was so neurotic back then, unmedicated me, didn't know what I was going to wear to be on TV that first time, MTV Spring Break, you know? And I'm trying, I have like three different outfits, I'm a neurotic mess, don't know what I should wear, and, uh, and of course, when you're really neurotic, you... you Oh, you just overly care about way too much shit. And I oh, I can remember back in those early days, I used to think if you got the wrong intro, it could throw your set off if someone introduced you wrong. And this is the way, and I would, you know, I wasn't one of those assholes that would write down or type out <laughs> their intro. There were comedians like that. And I remember being a young comic. They were never funny, the comedians that had the, the pre- typed out introduction of what you need to say and they were really picky about what you said about them those guys were never funny they were always the worst I don't know why well I do know why because the key to being hilarious one of the main keys is just not giving a shit and saying what you want to say and not letting anybody filter it out you're just doing what you want to do and nobody Nobody did that more and stuck to what they wanted to do more than Norm MacDonald. And I've always said this to my wife, like I've always been fans of those rebel-type comedians. You know, Sam Kinison, Richard Pryor, and, and Norm MacDonald, man. He, he's just one of those guys. I don't think people realize how much, well, I guess... Smart people realize, and that's why they liked him. They were like, this guy just says it. He doesn't give a shit. Um, so I, have this, I, haven't, I haven't done anything in my comedy career, so I don't know what my intro should be when I'm down there at MTV Spring Break. And uh, it's not like Norm came up to me and said, what do you want me to say? I think some sort of show producer said, uh, what would you like your intro to be? And I said, I got no credits. I go, just say, uh, young. he's a young up-and-comer from New York City. Joe Matteris. That's all I wanted, right? And now I'm waiting, freaking out, in the wings. It's an outdoor comedy thing. I have to walk out on this stage that's on a beach where you can hear fucking distracting sounds. You're in this wide-open, huge area called The Beach. <laughs> it's not a club. It's not a theater. It's the fucking beach. And that's where you're doing comedy. And and I had to follow Jim Brewer, who was a super high-energy fucking destroying machine. 
he would fucking kill. And he used to do tons of colleges back then. And he had one of those acts that could really make college kids laugh. It was very physical. And he would get fucking crazy up there. And he was he was funny as hell. And I remember he just destroyed before me. And then they bring up, and then Norm brings up me. So I'm just trying to set the stage because I have the audio, but it's going to have, I think it has like the Rocky theme under it. That was not playing on the TV show. That's just in this mix that I found uh, on a Dropbox that I have. So, uh, so check this out. I hope I can get the volume loud enough here so you can hear it. You should enjoy this. Norm MacDonald in his day. This is like 1995-ish, 96-ish, max. MTV Spring Break, Panama City. I remember the band, um, uh, who sings I'm Just a Girl? I'm Just a Girl, what's that girl's name? I'm the worst. Somebody Google it. I'm not I'm not Googling it. But I remember they, they had just came out and they were down there. I can't remember the band. The girl who was a lead singer, oh, she used to uh, date the lead singer of Bush. That band Bush, she she dated him. Jeez, oh, I'll think of it by the end of the podcast. It's an obvious one. But here's Norm introducing me, wait, and me just going, "Oh, I hope he says the you know the right intro. Hope he gets that intro good." <laughs> Listen to this. This guy is just starting out. He's 25 years old, and I saw him the other night. And I tell you, you give this guy two years, and he'll be 27 years old. His name is Joe Matteries. Give me a hand, folks. Joe Matteries, right over here. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking great that I want to hear it again. I want to hear it again. Starting out, he's 25 years old, and I saw him the other night. And I tell you, you give this guy two years, and he'll be 27 years old. His name. <laughs> It's Joe Matteries. Give me a hand, folks. Joe Matteries, right over here. All right, yeah, Joe Matteries is just starting out. I, I used to think if a host would say something like you were just starting out, that the crowd was going to be like, oh, he must suck. <laughs> and it's so funny because once you start doing comedy a while, you don't give a flying fuck about what the host says. If you're a good comic, you don't worry about it because you can always get the last word. If you don't give a shit, you could shit on him. Shit on him back. <laughs> Which have been some of my funniest, greatest moments back in my uh, neurotic, angry days. Oh, God. Norm. I, I still can't believe that he's passed away. Because it's just... I just love the guy. Every time he was on any talk show, I will watch it. And I think I posted it a few a day after he passed away saying I used to record every stand-up comedian via, you know, VHS style when I was younger, you know, we had the, we had a basement, like a, a shitty finished basement with paneling on the walls. Italians put paneling on walls and basements. We had like a shitty half bar back there that no one ever used as a bar, but there was a bar in the basement and, uh, I would just watch stand-up, and I would record it all because I wanted to show it to people. I'd always be like, check this out, <laughs> like they gave a shit. You know how people like go, hey, you want to see this YouTube video? Uh, check this one out. 
like I was doing that before the internet existed. I had so much stand up on VHS and when people will come over, I would just show them all my favorites and I had every one of norms, all those shitty shows evening at the improv. I had them on Norm Macdonald on there. Uh, Remember, there was like a comic strip live with some show that would come on on maybe Saturday nights, and I would record that. I remember Norm on that. There was another one called, oh, God, what was that one called? The Something Lounge, Lounge Lizards. Maybe that was one. And there was a, there, I remember another one on A&E had like a fucking trillion of them. Comedy on the Road and... Caroline's Comedy Hour A&E was fucking Johnny Comedy for a while, right? Remember those days? And then uh, Comedy Central came around And they had some other one That I know I saw A young Norm MacDonald on We forget how long Comedy Central's been around, right? It seems like a new channel That's how old I am But it's been around for fucking ever God, and Norm was just the king of those shows, you know. He was on every show. I watched all of them, and he would pop up on all of them, and you'd start to know him, you know, and just, you'd imitate him. He, he's one of those comedians. You know someone's really great and unique when you watch him for three or four minutes, and then you accidentally sound like them when you shut it off. You're just like, all right, what are you, what are you doing over there? Are you doing that? <laughs> What's How does he always say it? You know? Right? He has that weird, uh, weird, uh, weird pause there, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's hear it one more time. Such this a guy is just starting out. He's 25 years old, and I saw him the other night. And I tell you, you give this guy two years, and he'll be 27 years old. His name <laughs> is Joe Matteries. Give him a hand, folks. Joe Matteries, right over here. I'm here with uh, SNL's Jim Brewer, Andy Dick from News Radio, Joe Matteries. From nothing. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> stick around in a few minutes. We'll be back with Kids in the Hall, the brand new MTV Spring Break comedy show. Now, please welcome Joe Matteries, everybody. Listen to this. Please get ready for the very funny Joe Matteries. Guest was a big player in the comedy scene in New York and has just brought his act to the West Coast. You can see him in person. January 10th and 13th at Rascals and Phoenix. Please welcome the very funny Joe Matarese right here. The second appearance here on the Late Late Show. If you live in the Philadelphia area, you can see him in person at the Comedy Cabaret in his hometown of Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Please welcome back Joe Matarese. Oh, uh, yeah. All those fucking TV shows. Yeah. I used to do all of them. Watched them all before I was a comedian. Recorded them all. And then... Got to have a job doing what I watched growing up and, and you know, gravitated towards. So I guess it's pretty cool that I got to do that. But Norm MacDonald, I let some callers call in to talk all about Norm. I pulled some of my, my favorite Norm stand-up clips. Uh, well, of course... Everybody loves the clip of Norm doing Letterman on his on you know Letterman's like I don't know it was like maybe his ten shows left that he did, and Norm came out there and did a stand up set and then uh, teared up and cried. It was such a beautiful moment. Uh, I hope you've seen it. 
Go check that out on YouTube. The set's funny. The set's hilarious. Got some great jokes in it. He always had great jokes, smart jokes. You could tell he was well-read when you when you heard his humor. I do love comedians like that, even though I, you know, maybe because I always wished that I was well-read. <laughs> but the fucking ADD would make it so hard for me to be well-read that I just never read a lot. And I hate that. I hate that because I admire guys that are really intelligent. I want to be one of those guys that just knows a ton about a lot of subjects. And uh, Norm was one of those guys, and, and you could tell. But here's the moment on Letterman after he just paid homage to Dave by telling one of Dave's jokes that stuck with him as one of his favorite jokes. And uh, here's right after that. I'd just like to say, I know that uh, Mr. Letterman is uh, 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 not for the mockish, and uh, he, has, uh, he has no truck for the sentimental, but if something is true, it is not sentimental, and I say in truth, I love you. Oh, my God. funny norm and thank you thank you for everything thank you norm so norm is really broken up there and good night everybody you you can't help but wonder if is norm so broken up because he knew he had cancer at that time i mean the date on this is june 12th 2015 i don't know if this whoever put this up here put it up exactly when it came out but it was probably close to exactly when it came out. And that would, it really makes sense that he would get really upset right there because of Dave. He loved Dave when he was really young, saw him live and made him want to become a comedian and then became a comedian. And he, he was probably battling cancer at that time. So it's going to make you, I would think it would make you a little overly emotional in in a moment like that, right? Or maybe not. I mean, it could also connect with, he loved Dave and he's, he's a sweet man, which is so hard to have come through when you're doing jokes like Norm does. I mean, you know, Norm was an edgy comedian. And that's what you loved about him. And it's funny, I was just telling a friend of mine, this guy Ed, who uh, does shows with me sometimes, Ed Raymond, newer comic. Been kind of working with him, and he's really he's a really smart guy, very well-read guy, knows a lot. And I, I love having conversations with him because he's very intelligent. And he's funny. And uh, we were talking all about Remember When, the show I'm doing, and I said, you know, I have a section of Remember When where I tell a bunch of jokes that are really old from my act that if I tell told them now, people wouldn't receive them well and people would be uncomfortable. And I said, but they, but they still get laughs because I guess because I throw the disclaimer on there when I, do, when I do them, but I do them in the Remember When show. And I said, there's a piece of me that thinks part of Remember When 
is going against the grain and talking about things that are in the world that you should be allowed to talk about. But for some reason, everybody says you can't. But I said to Ed, I said, but if you say it really intelligently and you make a point and you have a really good point, they will receive it. Of course, like a network might not be able to play it, but that it will be received and 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 appreciated. And and to me, this 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 joke's long, so I probably won't play all of it. But if you've heard this the Norm McDonald uh clip on YouTube, go find it just called San Francisco. Now listen to this. It's it's just brilliant. It's brilliant because it's it's freaking like it's it's on the t- he's on the tightrope, but he's so smart in his observations about what he's saying about gayness that even if you were gay, you would think it's it's funny. You know, it wasn't like when you would see someone like Kinnison and be like, oh, you're gay. Like he wasn't doing it that way. There was a kindness in him and he's making really clever, intelligent observation. Now listen to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave a play. I'll figure out when I want to come out of it. All right, but it's just so funny. So San Francisco, man. What else? What else is San Francisco famous for? Oh, guys sucking and fucking each other. <laughs> yeah, <about that. laughs> They're equally proud, by the way. They're just as proud as uh, straight people. They're sucking and fucking. As a matter of fact, every year they get, they, they're so proud they have a parade for it. It's called the Gay Pride Parade. And uh, it's an odd thing to me, because I'll tell you something. When I was a boy, you know, and I'm older than you fellers, but when I was, when I was, when I was uh, six years of age, I remember my dad showing me on the television there was a parade because Neil Armstrong and the boys, why they had gone to the moon. They, here man had touched the, the satellite that, that whirls around our whirling cinder, and then they came back. Now, they had a parade for them. My dad had me watching on his little Philco TV that he kept uh, in the kitchen, and uh, he, he said, I remember he said, watch this, son, you know? And Neil Armstrong and the boys were going down, ticker tape, Fifth Avenue. It was like a very majestic moment. Now, this is how parades have, in my mind, devolved a little. <laughs> Now, it's a bunch of guys who like sucking and fucking each other. (laughs) Am I supposed to bring my kid on my shoulders? Hey, look at that. Enjoy your cotton candy. There's some more guys who like sucking and fucking each other. (laughs) And they like doing it. I don't think you get a parade for something you like, like, if they didn't like, maybe then I'd show up. You know what I mean? If, they, if it was like, I don't like it, but God damn it, I'll do it for my country. Ah! <laughs> then I'd go, son, that man's a patriot. <laughs> he understands there's greater than the individual. There's... But there is one very touching moment, because a guy took me to this gay pride parade, and the most touching moment makes you cry, is there's the parents of the adult gay uh, children. 
and they're holding like uh, signs and stuff, you know, and it's the most moving uh, part of it. And uh, well, first of all, they're not dancing around in leather and shit. And, uh, <laughs> but you see them, and some of these guys are old fellows, you could tell, you know, are in Korean stuff, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so, and they, and they carry signs that say, you know, I am proud that my son is gay, you know? And it's so beautiful, but I still, I, I think they're choosing the wrong words, because pride, again, I don't, you know, like, there's a difference between accepting and loving and everything like that, but, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's bragging about it down at work or anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, he goes, hey, guys, come over here, man. I want to tell you something about my youngest son, Bill. McCluskey, get over here. I want to tell you about Bill. We're so proud of him. He, uh, he graduated Harvard this year, top of his class. Going to be a lawyer. What do you think of that, huh? You can use a McCluskey next time you get in trouble. Ah, my son, none of us McPhersons ever graduated the fifth grade. We're all just a bunch of chunks of coal, but ah, it's all going to change now. Our young son, Bill. Tell you something else we're proud of him for. He... <laughs> on the junior varsity basketball team. And uh, in a span of seven games, he had four triple doubles to end the season. What do you think of that, huh? Unbelievable. Also loves cock. I don't know. If... In his mouth, up his ass. This kid, he doesn't care. I don't know how he does it. I can't do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. So funny. So funny. Ah, and I'm, uh, it's like I'm jealous when I hear him. I want to do that kind of, I, I, I want to do that kind of comedy where you just like, you're making a, re what a good point. It's such a clever point. <laughs> the moon, what a, what a perfect comparison. It, it, Jesus, it, it, it weirdly reminds me of that famous Brian Regan bit where he talks about, what those people that can't shut up they're just like they got like they're throwing up they're vomiting because they're just talking about themselves so much and bragging so much he goes that's where i wish i was one of the guys that walked on the moon so you could just be sitting there waiting <laughs> for that guy to take a pause who's like oh I'm a and he like, does the guy like i drive my bmw and, and i got a new house with water and a boat and I walked on the moon. <laughs> I was driving my Land Rover in the sea of tranquility. Oh, sorry, sorry. You were saying? <laughs> Fucking great, right? Oh, Norm. Norm. Ah, so fucking amazing. So amazing. I want to go to the phones and see what some of the callers had to say because I put it out to the fans and the callers and some friends. I said, uh, what's your favorite Norm McDonald moment? I want to know what theirs are because I have some of mine. I, I have my Norm favorite joke of all. That, that San Francisco one's up there. But the joke that I... I don't know if I... Maybe if it's like my favorite joke or it's just... The one that I remember the most, because when I was young and I used to record all that shit, I remember recording the bit 
and playing it over and over. That's what I used to do. Know it all, have it memorized before I was a comedian and then either tell people it or, like I said, get them in my basement and show them it on the VHS tape. <laughs> there was a lot of my dad. My dad loves comedy, too. I'd be like, Dad, you got to come here. I got I taped Norm MacDonald last night. Fucking hilarious. And, you know, my dad would come down and him and my my brother and and my dad we would all watch the stand up together and it's so funny like my mom was never involved like she didn't get it like us you know and i have a sister too she was never involved she wasn't sitting there with us watching stand up it was me my 9 year younger brother and my dad you know watching Rodney Dangerfield or Don Rickles and watching the tonight show and loving comedy you know Definitely why I'm a comedian. Trying to impress my dad, and I'm probably still trying to do that. Uh, so let's go to the callers. Here's the first caller here. We got, uh, then we got Preston. Preston, we haven't heard from. Ooh, what was that? Got something playing in the background. Something's playing. Oh, we got Norman Conan playing in the background. We don't want that. We don't want that. We want to hear what Preston had to say. Preston, you're on the air. Hey, Joe, this is Preston, man. Uh, God, I'm so sad about Norm MacDonald. He was my all-time favorite. Um, I think my, my favorite moment of his is when he was, he was doing a set and he was talking about heroes and he goes, uh, he goes, the teachers, they're, they're the heroes, huh? Yeah, yeah. He goes, uh, yeah, I think everybody agrees with that, uh, uh except for the, the, the real heroes. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I just did that wrong, but uh, I love funny. that whole bit and, and the crowd work he does, and it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, hope you're well, man. Congrats on your show. Bye. Uh, thanks, Preston. The real heroes. <laughs> I can hear him doing that. That is such the cadence of all the jokes he did when he did Weekend Update. <laughs> uh, who else we got here? Hey, Joe. It's Matt from Outside Philly calling. You know, calling regarding the, you know, whole Norm MacDonald passing away, which is pretty sad. And you asked him about favorite moments. And, you know, I would think any news update of Saturday Night Live, you could watch on YouTube is one of them. Uh, second, any appearance on the Howard Stern show has been great. And also, there's a Netflix show he did called, I think Norm MacDonald has a show. Only maybe six, eight episodes came out two years ago, but very good show. You know, I just love Norm because he was just, I guess, part of, his oddness came off oddly in a way, but yet very funny and uh, just a great guy. I decided to see him go. So uh, that's all I got, Joe. Hope you're doing well, and uh, see you on October 1st. You're the man, Matthew Grissinger. Look, at he's, got, he's coming out to the uh, October 1st Collingswood uh, Remember When show, the new edition, all new. Fucking, I'm nervous, man. I got all new material for that coming up on the 1st in Collingswood. JoeMatterese.com for tickets. Um, dude, I, I, I watched all the episodes of that that show on Netflix that he did, and I loved it. And I, I loved how weird it was and how wacky it was. And it was like, there's no audience, right? Am I wrong? I'm pretty sure there's no audience. It just had a very, it had a podcast feel about it. Because it was originally a podcast that he was doing, but it was a video podcast that he did. But he just, you know, he's got that way, like, it was kind of what I was trying to do with that, like, Fixing Joe uh, 
concept of of having it be a talk show, but like have it be a sitcom mixed into the talk show, but have the sitcom be what's generating the material in this guy's talk show on the show and have the show be low budget, you know, have it be almost public access. And that's kind of what his show felt like, even when it was on... uh, that's what I loved about it. Even with the higher budget, once he got it on to Netflix, he still kept that like low budget, we don't give a shit, who fucking cares, we're, we're unprepared. <laughs> we're hosts that are unprepared. But that's why it's funny and, and unique, and, and that came through in the show, and it was so good. You guys got to go watch that. It, you know, it has another one, you know, it was like very Gary Shandling-like, Remember when Gary Shandling had that show? This is the Gary Shandling show. And like, that was the theme. <laughs> that was the song. This is the Gary Shandling show. This is whatever it was. See, I, I, I love that vibe. And I thought, why couldn't a talk show host do that? And, and, and Norm did it, did it very well on that show. And I think I even said on a podcast, maybe in the last 10 or you know, 10 in the last five years, maybe somebody's podcast I was on, I was saying how, why is there so many, it was like a bit I was doing about how there's all these talk show hosts. Every one of them's from another country. Like we, we can't give American comedians talk shows. We're like, nah, we got to give the guy from South Africa. Then we got to give the guy, you know, the British guys. And then the, then we got to give it to, you know, uh, this person, you know, and I was like, and a guy's like Norm McDonald, I go, are just sitting at home and doing nothing. And he's fucking brilliant. What, what, what the fuck? And you like, give him the late night talk show. Why is he not doing, uh, you know, one of these late night shows? It would be so fucking great, you know? And, uh, nope, Hollywood's too stupid. And then you, you, you realize years later, he's fired from Saturday Night Live. I mean, I don't it's I don't have the 100% truth but to me it's kind of obvious he did a million OJ jokes and the guy who fired him from Saturday night live was friends with OJ Simpson <laughs> so I mean it fucking makes sense and he was one of those guys fuck you I'm doing it they probably told him stop doing the OJ jokes or you're going to lose the job and he was just like fuck you I'm fucking doing them and boom loses his job and then, then, you know, cult sensation because doesn't play by the rules. We love that, right? Who else we got on the phone? Ron Poliquin, Dover, Delaware. Norm MacDonald. Uh, I, really, I really enjoyed Norm MacDonald's appearances on The View. He really knew how to needle them and kind of knew what their sensitive points were and stuff that would get them really rat, uh, rat, rat, especially uh, riled up, especially Barbara Walters. I also appreciated that Norm, especially later in life, was able to speak thoughtfully on spirituality, religion, and mortality. I thought he was very, his thoughts on that were very anti-Hollywood, were very thoughtful and against the grain, and I thought, I think that adds a lot when you have a certain point of view from coming from entertainment industry, um, that's kind of monolithic, like kind of just the same, you know, 
Um, anyways, that's my call. See you, man. I agree with you. Um, 100% agree with you, Ron. You always make great points. Um, yeah, I mean, that is what's amazing about Norm MacDonald. I mean, not really what you said about the spirituality, but also that he wasn't afraid to get serious in an interview. I remember listening to him on Mark Maron's podcast, and he got very serious, and it was really good, just really good. It's it's Too many comedians think they got to be hilarious, but I mean, I've always said, you can be interesting and not make us laugh, and we're still we're still listening. We still like it, you know? So uh, Norm was amazing at that. Go listen to him on Mark Maron's podcast. He's really honest about his gambling and all that kind of stuff, and he's not he's not going for the joke. He's just he's just saying true shit, you know. Um, which makes me want to play. Uh, it makes me want to play what Mark Maron said about him, and some of this stuff I'm not. I'm listening to it for the first time as you're going to be listening to it. So uh, I didn't pre-screen all this stuff. I'm like, oh, let me just play it on the show <laughs> as it takes me four fucking decades to find it. There it is. Uh, so here's Mark Maron. Did the fever go down? Where are we at? Is that soup? Who are you? What happened to you? Here's Maron. Why are you talking to me like that? He's doing some other what do you, Who do you think he, I am? Who do you Norm think you second. are? It is a sad week. Uh, Norm MacDonald has passed away of cancer, which he had uh, apparently for a long time and didn't uh, didn't tell the public about it, nor does it seem he told many people close to him. I did ask around uh, just out of curiosity if uh, if anyone knew that he was ill. It doesn't really matter. He's he's passed away and it's tragic and horrible. Because he was too young. And not unlike every time a past guest dies, uh, we post the episode. We take it out from behind the paywall and post the episode, as we did with Norm uh day before yesterday. You should know that the talk with Norm was one of the best talks of any talk I've done on this podcast. And at the time... I was so thrilled about it because I didn't really know Norm and I'd made assumptions about Norm from the way he handled himself publicly and on stage. So I didn't really know what to expect. And I, I think I expected it to be a difficult conversation, but it was loose. It was funny. It was deep. It was smart. It went all over the place. We talked books. We talked comics. We talked uh, spirituality. We talked uh, God, death. We talked about it all. And I just couldn't believe it happened. And I remember calling my producer and just saying, like, we got to get this up now as if it was urgent because I thought it was so great and so surprising and so uh, connected. And now, tragically, uh, in terms of why we are reposting it and why it's getting attention again, it is still all those things. I think it's a rare glimpse into a part of Norm that, he didn't share much, and uh, I, I'm just so I'm I'm grateful that we have these episodes when people uh, that people love pass away. 
you know, even if it, we do it almost immediately upon hearing a, about the passing, because it reconnects you with that person or connects you for the first time in, in, in a very deep way, in a very human way. And uh, in the midst of that grief of losing somebody that um, you looked up to or you loved or, or from a distance, obviously, a public person, it's nice to have that balance so you can really... I guess it's uh it's all right, man. Uh so yeah, go go look up that episode. I'm looking at it on YouTube. It's easy to find. It's such a good interview with Norm McDonald and Mark Marin. I, I highly recommend you go check out that one. Um Yeah. Uh just yeah, there's just everybody's been deep diving. I thought it was just me. I was like I couldn't stop pulling up clips of norm mcdonald i'm like holy shit uh, uh this one i forgot about this one uh i want to go to the phones again here i want to hear uh what other uh people's favorite moments were who else we got we got jerry jerry rowan what's his favorite norm mcdonald moment hello joe it's jerry rowan from philadelphia but I'm calling from Florida on vacation in Disney World with my family. Yeah, I wouldn't have bothered, but I couldn't, uh, I couldn't not call about Norm McDonald, you know? So I'm going to take a minute anyway. And, uh, my favorite joke, it's really, really hard, you know? He just makes you laugh. That's, yeah, but I'm going to, but I'll say, you know, the moth joke is a classic. I love the bit she did on Saturday Night Live about, uh, you know, pushing the, the OJ and, and Michael Jackson bits until it even cost him the job. I love that he didn't let up. But I'm going to go with one that I haven't seen until, until he passed. I just saw this one. And I, I can't believe I never saw it before. So um, when he was on Larry King and he was talking about being in the closet. And, and then Larry was asking him if he was coming out and saying, it again. he's like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? No, I'm in the closet. It was just, he was denying it while saying it. Whatever you have to say, it was just so funny. Anyway, RIP, Norm McDonald. God bless. So long, guys. Classy guy, Jerry Rowan, as always. You're great, Jerry. Uh, I've never seen the interview on uh, Larry King, so I guess I got to find that. Didn't he used to do Larry King? That was him, right? (laughs) Then we do Larry King, right, on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I have to find that. I don't know that one. Let's see who else we got. Hey, Joe, it is Dan calling from beautiful Interstate 95, just outside of Philadelphia. Norm is probably on my Mount Rushmore of comics. Actually, is definitely on my Mount Rushmore of comics. So huge loss to the comedy community and... Uh, I think one of the most criminally underrated moments of his throughout his career would be when he went on The View to talk about Bill Clinton. Or not to talk about it, but he brought it up. And he started by saying, and he's on The View with, you know, the, the like Joy Behar and the Barbara Walters, I think, and they're on there. And he's like, I just really want to get the homicide out of the White House. And this was obviously in the 90s or early 2000s. And they were like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, Bill Clinton murdered a guy. 
and they just immediately, they're not like Conan or Letterman where they just let Norm go on those types of late-night shows. They just let him go because he's going somewhere with it. They try and shut him down, so he just keeps on pushing the button. He's like, no, no, like he, you never heard that? And they kept on trying to change the topic, and he's like, all right, manslaughter. Can we agree on manslaughter? He just kept going back to it, and then he started talking about Bill Cosby. He had a cell phone thing come out. If you haven't seen it, you just got to YouTube Norm The View and watch it because I think it's one of the most, like, everyone talks about his great SB's OJ jokes and SNL and uh, the roast of Bob Saget, all great moments that I've loved and jokes of his, but I think The View is one of the most underrated ones ever. If you could look that up, that would be great. Looking forward to Scottish Rite, August 1st. I'll see you there. Or not August 1st, October 1st. Collingswood, we'll see you there. Yes, that's the great Dan Callahan. He's opening for me October 1st in, in Collingswood. JoeMatterese.com for tickets. Uh, I I have seen it, and it's classic. And, yeah, it's just him. You know, that's what a comedian is, right? Which <laughs> Someone who breaks the rules, you know. He goes on a show, and he wasn't supposed to do that, and he does that. And it, it's funny that him and Artie Lang were good friends for a while there, right? And, and Artie Lang is famous for that moment where he just ruins Joe Buck's show. <laughs> you wonder if a little bit of that was, he was, that was his, that was his, what would you call it? Mentor, his like, his, that was the guy that Artie like looked up to. He had like a big brother relationship with Norm MacDonald, you know? And there was a while there where Artie was that for me. He used to kind of mentor me and give me a lot of comedy advice. And uh, I miss those days tremendously. And I, I think about them a lot because his advice used to be so good. He would give dead, dead on perfect advice. And in the moment, you don't even realize it's great advice. And then years go by and you go, oh, man, I remember Artie saying that. that. Or, oh, man, this is just like what Artie told me I should have been doing, you know, 10 years ago he was saying this shit to me. So uh, I'm sure that Artie got a little bit of the, you know, and, and, and Artie loved Jim, Jim Belushi, you know, not Jim, John Belushi and, and Rebel comedians, you know, as, as a lot of us, you become comedians, you are that kid in school is getting in trouble but making people laugh. I was going to say my, my son just started Fordham Prep, right? And we're really nervous for him. It's his first week. He's playing football. He's got practice six days a week. He's on their football team. Really hard. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he's got to wear a tie to school. He's got to get up really early, way earlier than he used to have to get up. He has to take a train to school to go to Fordham Prep, and then he has to take the train home, you know, late after a practice. And uh, it's just I'm, I'm so proud of him because it's been so hard, and he's never been like, I'm going to quit or this sucks and I want to quit. He's never said that. And, uh, but he got in trouble <laughs> the first day of school. Uh, they were in the auditorium, which I've been to because we went to the, or they had an orientation for parents today and just beautiful school, you know, just beautiful. And all the teachers there are so awesome and, and funny and intelligent. And they all gave, uh, talks today and all the parents afterwards were just like, oh my God, you know, like. I had never seen one person speak that well, let alone five in a row. They just nailed it all, all in different ways, and they were so great. And, 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 yeah, they all were kind of funny. 
and um, and I got to see see the dean that I, my son got in trouble with the first day that he's in the auditorium and there are, and someone's giving a, a speech and you know they're they're clapping at the spots you know where it's, you're supposed to clap and some of the kids thought it was funny when the clap would die down they would go they would like add like clap at the wrong time like when the clap was done like i guess like seven or eight of the kids were doing it and my son was one of the eight kids that was breaking balls doing it doing this and uh boom he got nailed and sent to the dean's office and the dean made him write a paper and really put the scare tactic into our son basically telling him some of the things that he's done to kids for misbehaving and he like he made him write a paper, a one-page paper on the origin of clapping, which I, I loved it. I loved that the teacher made him do this, and I, I loved the dean. I even loved him today. You know, you could tell he doesn't fuck around. You know, and uh, but I remember I wanted to try it on stage. I'm such a comedian that I'm like, if it got laughs when my son did this, you're not in trouble. But if that shit bombed. And no one thought it was funny when you were a dick, then you're grounded. <laughs> but oh god, I gotta look up the view one. I know there's a. You know what I wanted to play? Like these are my favorite. When Norm Norm was the funniest was on shows that were on HBO. You know, I was the really before like podcasts or anything like that, and that's where. Um, when you saw a comedian, you'd be like, oh my God, it's, it's on HBO. He can say whatever he wants. And Norm would just go on when he would go on the Dennis Miller show. You, you knew you had to, you know, you knew me, Mr. Record everything. I knew I had to get a blank tape and I got a tape Norm cause he's going to be on, uh, Dennis Miller. So, and I don't know if this is the best one. But here's one from way and back. And Viagra thing out? Yeah. And the other day, you know, Bob Dole said, came right out and said... He was one of the first. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to hear about Bob Dole's <laughs> cock, you know? <laughs> I mean, President Clinton's cock, Bob Dole's cock, what the hell? But mostly, an old man like that, an old man... You don't want him to have a super hard cock. You know what I mean? Why? Why? Because an old man, you want him to be uh, got a pipe going, a newspaper, the dog at his feet there? Well, that, in some corners, is considered pipe. Oh. <laughs> but now they're going to have to create some goddamn pill that, that makes women <laughs> aroused at the sight of a fucking 70-year-old dude with a super hard cock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Crazy. This is Viagra. It's insane. I'm and you know what it's for? Impotent people. All right? yeah. It's for impotent guys. So get this. The, the, I read this. The, 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 the pill can make your cock hard for four hours. Right. So now, who has the four-hour hard cock? The impotent guy. <laughs> the rest of us are fucked. Me and you. Me and you got our regular cocks. Meanwhile, fucking Spade is, uh, you know... Is, <laughs> Oh man, I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. Dude, I know you didn't. He brought it all around and then a vicious rip kick into his best friend's gut. Once there's too much cock talk, I try to just zone out for a minute until it goes back. 
the other there, way. If there's too much cock talk, this guy has fevered nightmares all night. Dreams, I mean, like sweaty, fevered dreams from the, from the cock talk that's been all over his head. Cock, why, cock, Why cock. bury me twice? He's killing me. No, he's a good man. <laughs> Patty raised it. All right. No, he's a good man. Who cares? After all that, that's that's the whiteout he puts on. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's awful. After he talks about you doing shit ups on cock for 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a good guy. If you're gay, he's a completely straight guy. He gets a lot of ladies. You know that about him with the ladies. Don't say ladies. Women, girls. Okay, thank yeah. you. Ladies. What are we fucking on an FM station here? <laughs> he's Don Cornelius. But these gay guys, man, I was reading. You know about the he's gay guys. I haven't even said hi yet. <laughs> All right. All right. Tell, me, tell me what it is with these gay guys. I know, I'm already <laughs> I just read this. I'm just thinking. Like, Norm was even scary to have on HBO. <laughs> like, I can remember whatever year this was. I mean, it wasn't Norm. You didn't hear guys saying the word cock. You didn't hear cock gratuitously being said, even on HBO. So, God. And then now he's going to go gay and all that kind of stuff. It's just about the so Michael, crazy. Uh, George You're reading Michael. a lot, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I, read, I got a little time off. Now I read the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> and this is really strikes me about the gay community. I don't know if they're a community, but... <laughs> But uh, called West Hollywood. Yeah, they're 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 gay, and it's you know George Michaels. He hangs around the bathroom. He has sex with multiple guys. This no, is like, no, 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 no way. You got to get it right. I, hangs around the bathroom, right. and it was uh, described as a lewd behavior. But I, I don't remember sex with numerous guys. Well, what is, is that? He, what you took away from it? What does he do? What were you in the next stall? I could have been just having a nice bathroom, regular thing. I don't know what lewd behavior is, but I don't know that he was in there with numerous guys. But, but anyway, go ahead. We get the gist of this it. This is definitely a gay thing, like because this is a pop superstar. You know right. what I mean? You're not gonna walk into a, a bathroom and all of a sudden Farrah Fawcett's like, ah, you know? You're not gonna. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What I'm saying is why. Why would a famous Why, pop what was she doing? What was that? Some sort of cervical belt sander thing, or what was that? Oh, <laughs> uh, Christ, what are you, that's Linda what, Blair? They do. That's what they do. That's what, they, that's what ladies that I know do. But, but good, my, good to know that primetime exposure is paying dividends there. But guy. I think that's what it is. It's that the gay, uh, they, that's why they have separate bathrooms. Let's face it. If they had women and, you know, women, as you call them, I call them ladies. If, if you had them in the same bathroom, like, like, you, like you go in the bathroom to, to do your business, see a man about a dog there, you know, and you're, you're in the bathroom. <laughs> you're in the bathroom. All of a sudden, a beautiful lady comes out. Oh, here's my vagina and breasts. You're going to be hanging out at that bathroom a lot. <laughs> so I don't blame anybody for anything. <laughs> Can you believe Olmeyer didn't get him? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> We're all the same, man. That's hilarious. Oh, God. That's how funny he's being on these talk shows, that David Spade is sitting next to him and 
can't even talk because and David Spade's hilarious. I mean, he's a fucking witty dude. And they're just letting Norm go. Like he's wittier. <laughs> they're just like, what am I gonna do? I can't be funnier than this fucking guy. He's goofy as hell. He's unique as hell. And he's smart as hell and he's funny as fuck. Let him rip, right? Oh my god. Fucking classic. Who else we got? Who else we got? We only have one caller left. We only have one caller. Let's see who it is as we're at the hour mark. Hey, Joe, it is Dan calling from beautiful interstate. Well, we didn't want you, Dan. We already heard you. Who we got? Joe, apologies for the second phone call. Oh, no. But I think you owe me one for not playing my message that one time. That's true. If If my recollection is correct... Uh, Norm McDonald introduced you during a, when you were on MTV, uh, on the MTV comedy show or spring break or some shit. Uh, I think it was Norm McDonald. Can you, uh, either confirm or, uh, extrapolate on this statement? Thank you. Hmm. Well, hopefully you listened to the episode. If you didn't. If you didn't, if you didn't, oh gosh, oh gosh, maybe this will bring it back. This guy is just starting out, he's 25 years old, and I saw him the other night, and I tell you, you give this guy two years, and he'll be 27 years old. His name (laughs) is Joe Matteries, give him a hand folks, Joe Matteries, right over here. I'm here with uh, SNL's Jim Brewer, Andy Dick from News Radio, Joe Matteries. From nothing. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stick around in a few minutes. We'll be back with Kids in the Hall for the brand new MTV Spring Break comedy show. You could hear me. You could hear my insecurity, right? From nothing. Boy. 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 I was insecure. Man, was I insecure around Norm MacDonald. It's like, I, I think I even took it personally like an idiot, like back then, like that he said that he's 25 and two year, give him two years, he'll be 27. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Did you have to shit on me in my intro, my first TV spot without even giving me a warning? You think I can fucking recover from that? I'm a fucking neurotic lunatic. I just, <laughs> uh, I'm so glad though. I remember just being around Norm going, God, look at him. You could just tell how much he didn't give a shit, too, even the way he was dressed, you know? He had that, like, Sandler-ness to him where they just kind of wore sweatpants and a fucking tee and and a pair of dirty sneakers and go on TV. They didn't care. I was like, God, I'm sitting there fucking, should I wear this? I don't know. What a fucking asshole I was. Oh, my God. So, folks, we're coming to an end. We are coming to an end to another... Pretender to contender. I love you guys for tuning in. I love you guys. Sorry about last week and the episode not coming out. I had the stomach flu. But look at me, man. I'm almost keeping every episode to an hour. Pat myself on the back for that. Go take your deep dives. Go uh, go watch the Bob Saget thing. He posted something about Norm. That was real serious and a lot of revealing stuff and some really cool pictures he shows. It's a YouTube clip that Saget put together all about his, uh, I guess they were really good friends, him and Bob Saget and Norm MacDonald. Go find that. 
and uh, go find my. F- oh shoot! Oh jeez! Now I gotta stop the music. Now I gotta stop the music. I wanted to play you my favorite norm bit, and it's long. It's long, so maybe we'll just we'll just let it play. This is how this episode is gonna end. It's not gonna end with the regular music as it normally does. So uh, just it's my old school favorite Norm McDonald bit. Uh, and hopefully uh, y- you'll love it too. It's it's labeled hidden track. Oh, not gonna give it away yet, but. Go to JoeMatterEast.com, get your tickets to the October 1st show that I mentioned, or if you're local to Scarsdale, I'll be there with Ben Bailey this Saturday, September 25th, October 23rd with Judy Gold in Scarsdale, New York. November 6th, I'll be at the uh, the Emelin Theater in Mamaroneck, New York, doing Remember When with uh, a live band that I just put together with all guys that live in Westchester here. That should be really fun. So, guys, I love you. Keep listening, and uh, hopefully you'll really love this old classic Norm bit from way back. I think this is him either redoing it later. I think that's what it is. I think he's redoing it later and put it on one of his albums. But it's a really old bit of his from back in the day. Check it out. Enjoy, everybody. I love you. And if you want to advertise on the podcast, you know all you have to do is contact Chris. Contact Chris over at chopsportsmedia.com. Just go to chopsportsmedia.com, and there's a contact section there. Contact Chris. Tell me you want to post some advertisements, or we can put an ad campaign together and do it on my social media. And, uh... That's the way we work things. I, I let you advertise on the podcast and on my social media. It's cool. Do it. Do it. Ron Poliquin's about to be doing it, putting something together for him, and uh, you can be one of those guys too. All right? Enjoy this classic Norm bit. Hey, but you know what's a great show? Star Search. You ever watch that show? God damn. That is an excellent show. Excellent. I'll tell you what the best thing about Star Search is. You get to see the stars of tomorrow, today. You don't have to wait an extra day. (laughs) My favorite things on Star Search is the junior dancers. Those are my favorite, you know? I love those junior dancers, because I I like how Ed introduces them, you know? It's always like, uh, hot property! Then they all come dancing. <laughs> Too cute for you! <laughs> the funny thing about the junior dancers is it's not like if they win, they're gonna go on to become junior dancers. Like, there's no place in show business for that, you know? <coughs> you know it's not like you're ever hanging out. Hey, honey, what do you want to do tonight? Go see a movie or something? Or maybe. Yeah, grab a beer down at the bar or something. Hey, hey, I know. I know a good thing. Hey, why don't we go to that new joint they got down on Main Street there? That's a good club. They got uh, six-year-olds dancing. <laughs> yeah, I understand uh, Hot Property's going to be there tonight. They're good. Yeah, that's right, little children. 
Yeah. Yeah, but they're better live than on TV, I've heard. They're good, they're dancing. That's right, little children dancing. Come on, honey, get your coat, let's go. We gotta beat the... The bands always name themselves bad on that show, too, man. They kind of brag in the title of their band. They're always like, hot property, you know? Like, that's gonna help them win. They just look like a jackass. You can't, you can't brag about yourself in the name of your band. It's crazy. Then it makes for these really weird intros for Ed, you know? He's like, this next band has been kicking around the Boca Raton area for the last 16 years. Now America, say hello to Hot Property. <laughs> and they come running out there. Guy's got a guitar going, you know. And then it's bad too when they lose, you know, because with a band with a great name like Hot Property or something like that, you know, if they lose, it looks horrible, you know. And it's always the bands with the, like, uh, great names, they lose, and the bands with the horrible names win, you know? That's always like, ah, it's time for the judge's decision. <laughs> and you ever see the judges, too, on Star Search? You know, they're always kind of lame, like you never heard of them or anything, you know? Just got to take their word for it that they're... <laughs> they always have these suspicious credentials, you know? It's like, ah, it's time to meet our judges. He is the president and Chief Operating Officer of Tri-Media Artists Incorporated and represents such stars as Meadowlark Lemon. Here he is, a bald guy with glasses. And they cut to a bald guy with glasses. Now it's time for a judge's decision. Another tough decision for the judges. Our challengers, hot property receive one and a quarter stars. Our champions, chunk of shit receive Four stars, chunk of shit. Another perfect score. Come on over here, chunk of shit. <laughs> That's the greatest when he calls him over. <laughs> Sometimes he's even got some good news for him. That's the fucking coolest, you know? It's like, chunk of shit. How would you feel if I told you you're in the semifinals? <laughs> you know what else he does, Ed, when he, gets, <laughs> when he gets the little junior dancers out? I swear to God, he's real cute with them. He's good with kids and everything. But he always does the same fucking joke every goddamn time. <laughs> he gets like the little junior dancers out, and he's like, hey, they're up and at him. <laughs> now let me ask you something. If you win, what are you gonna do? What are, what, are, what are you like to do with your future? And then the little girl's like, well, uh, I wanna grow up and uh, I wanna make a lot of money. And then he goes, you sound like my wife, ah! <laughs> she sounds like my wife. <laughs>